Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Part of missions is answering questions. And those questions will come in many, many forms from many, many people. And a lot of it has to do with their background, where they've come from and where they are. Well, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 15, and it is well known, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you and do this with meekness and fear, not haughtiness and pride. And so we want to talk about this today. Uh, We're going to have an interview, but Nathan, our co-host, you worked uh, in Clarkston, Georgia for five years And I know you had to answer some questions people were asking, did you not? Yeah, we had a lot of questions, especially from our resettled refugee friends who were new in America. There was lots of questions about things. Some of it was funny. We had (laughs) questions like, why are Americans so fat? Uh, Why do you have two vehicles? That was seen as unusual by a lot of people. That would startle us and like, oh, you know, why do we have two vehicles? I guess because we're fat Americans, maybe is why we have two vehicles. But. I heard someone say, I've never seen a house for a car. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. What does Santa Claus have to do with Christmas? That was that was a common question. That was a good one because we could talk to them about the birth of Jesus. But one of my uh, one of my Muslim friends asked me, and he was he was real serious about this, and he was uh, in his early thirties. And in his mind, he should have been married by now, but he he wanted to know if American women obeyed their husbands. You know, <laughs> so I I, I, had, I remember you yeah, telling me about this. I had to tell him. Well, yeah, it sort of de- <laughs> it sort of depends on that, you know. But anyway, sometimes the questions were were more serious and important. And like one of my other Muslim friends would ask, you know, how can Jesus be human and divine at the same time. That's a good question. Yeah. But when it comes to questions, there's usually three responses. And when it's a one-on-one individual kind of a question, your response can either be you need to answer their question immediately, especially if they're very sincere about it and it's an important question. You can literally right there on the spot answer their question to the best of your ability. And like you said, with meekness, there's a verse in Philippians 4, verse 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. A gentle answer turns away wrath. So as you answer, sometimes not just the content of your answer, but the tone and and how you answer is is super critical. But you can answer that question urgently. Uh, Sometimes you can ignore or put off the question, save it for later when it's more appropriate or where they can understand it better later on because there might be some material you need to cover before they can actually grasp what what you're saying. Uh, And sometimes you just totally ignore it and don't come back to it because sometimes questions are just meant to stir things up. But I have learned, and this I learned this from a a brother from Sudan. He his name is Gureshi, and Gureshi taught me that when you have a group of people, and we were specifically talking about Muslim ministry, and he said when you have a group of Muslim men and they're kind of 
there and, and they ask you a question and you think, uh, this might not be a sincere question. They might be trying to trigger you or, or stir things up. Go ahead and answer it because the man who asks is probably not looking for the answer, but there's a man listening in the group. He knows that answer. And God will speak to that person's heart. Well, we want you to listen to this interview about someone who answers a lot of questions all the time. Today on Exploring Missions, our guest is going to be a familiar name, a familiar voice, especially when it is associated with my voice, and that is Alex McFarlane. Dr. Alex McFarlane, welcome to Exploring Missions. Well, this is such an honor, Bert. You and I have done hundreds of radio shows, but this is my first visit to Exploring Missions, and I thank you. Well, it is a joy. I've been thinking about this. I said, I need to have Alex on because... He is really a traveling missionary. Now, when you try to separate the difference in an evangelist and a missionary, uh, I'm not sure you really can in a biblical manner, Alex, because th- that's they're sent ones, the yeah. apostles, the that's sent true. out ones. Yes. Evangelists are kind of sent out, and then the missionaries sent out. So there's some, I-, I would say, blend in there at least, wouldn't you? Well, you know, my heartbeat is to win souls and equip Christians. And I've often said for 20-some years as we've had projects and we've appealed to people to raise funds to do this or that mission, I've said I- I'm a missionary, really. And uh, so I-, I appreciate that. And, you know, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 talks about that God gave to the church pastors, teachers, and evangelists for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And uh, you and I both have worn a lot of hats. We've, we've, you were a youth pastor, weren't you? I was. And me too, uh, and still love to reach young people. But hey, you know what? No matter where we are, no matter how we're doing it, no matter what's the context, to tell people about Jesus, that is life's greatest joy, isn't it? It is. And again, if you're listening to Exploring Missions and don't necessarily listen day afar during the weekdays, uh, at 3 o'clock Central Time, Monday through Friday, Alex and I do the program Exploring the Word. And uh, we just go through the Bible. And yeah. it's a joy to do that. We get people that call in, and they've been saved. Their life has been touched. They're growing in the Lord. they surrendered to ministry. And so, you know, Exploring, exploring the Word's a great program, but Exploring Missions is as well. And I, I want to say this about you. You travel so much. You're kind of like AFR's missionary on the road, brother. Praise the Lord. And and that is a role that I, I thank God for. I really do. Uh, may I tell you something? Uh, and I think I told you this, but amazing. Um, probably about two months ago, I was going through the Atlanta airport pretty early because I was, um, you know, I'll, I'll get these 5 a.m. flights. I just, you know, I, I don't have a lick of sense, you know. And uh, you, you have When a, it comes to flying, Alex, you, you, I don't know of an experience that you haven't had, okay? But I was, you know, uh, fly to Atlanta, change planes, and go to my destination. So it's eh, 6.45, 7 a.m. going through the Atlanta airport. And I hear somebody say, Alex McFarland. And I looked around. It was a man. I'd never met this gentleman. And he just about had tears in his eyes. He said, I listen to you and Bert uh, every day on Exploring the Word, and I just feel like I know you guys. And he said uh, he was having a situation in his life. He said, I said to the Lord, is there some way I could meet Alex McFarland? I want to talk and pray with him. And a couple of days later, 
this gentleman, oh. who is one of our listeners, sees us in the Atlanta airport. Of course, we sat down and talked, prayed together, tried to give him some encouragement. But um, God sets up those kind of, we might say, chance meetings. But divine we not, appointments. Divine. Right there. But I do feel like I get to represent American Family Association a bit, and uh, it is quite an honor to do that. Well, let's go over the beginning. You were saved as a young adult, right? Yep, 21 years old. 21. I was going to college. And, and, you know, I grew up in church. Mom and Dad took us to church. And my mother and dad really, really recommitted their lives to the Lord through watching Charles Stanley at a time when our, our farm was in some financial problems. And I really did see a change in their life. But uh, the Lord Jesus got a hold of my life when I was 21 years old through a Bible study group. And so— um, Small groups really have an advantage. Even—you know, I'm, I know you need the, quote, quote, what we call big church, you yeah, know, sure, the, sure. the worship, corporate worship. But those small groups, they, they really get to the nitty-gritty sometimes, don't they? Well, well they really do. And, and I've told this story a few times, but— you, you think about the multiplicative effect of a witness, and I want to say to everybody, um, when you share the gospel or you talk to somebody or just even say, hey, you know, I'll be praying for you, or you leave a gospel tract or a booklet somewhere, you never know. Angie uh, got saved in second grade through a Child Evangelism Fellowship, a Good News Club, CEF, and that's a great ministry. So Angie is a devout Christian. Oh, my goodness. She's the spiritual champion of our household, I assure you. Hey, I live with a woman that way, too. <laughs> but Angie was going to nursing school. I was going to UNC Greensboro. She was repeatedly inviting me to this Bible study. And, you know, I, Bert always had a sense of right and wrong, and I always had a sense of the Lord. Even when I was living for the world, I, you know, I was playing in a band, playing at the beer parties around the college, but I always felt bad about it. I really did. And uh, Angie, I'm going to say to the point of almost pestered me, come to this Monday night Bible study. <laughs> and I, I, I began to go, one, because I was really wanting to date Angie. The other was I kind of wanted to get her to hush, you know. <laughs> but I went to the Bible study, got under conviction, accepted Christ, began to grow, got called into the ministry, and we've um, made a mark for the gospel a little bit. We give God the glory. Amen. But Well, tell us, okay. Preparation. Uh, we do it on Exploring the Word all the time. We're talking about a call to the ministry is called to prepare. Yeah. So after you got saved, you were already in college, yeah. and but you started changing your focus, but you did already feel the need to prepare at, at some point. Tell us a little bit about that journey, because the reason I want to do this, we got some people listening today yeah. that they're thinking, well, it's, well I can't. I'm, I'm already headed in this direction. Uh, you can change course, and, and God oh, can do God. that for you, too, can't you? Uh, can't absolutely. Do you know, um, when I was president of uh, Southern Evangelical Seminary, we had a, a man at 74, <laughs> finished a seminary degree, and was ordained and entered the ministry at 74. And so, you know, I would say to anybody listening, if you're feeling a desire to serve the Lord in a deeper way or even a full-time ministry, don't for a minute tell yourself, well, goodness, at my age, um, you know, I had a dear friend at Liberty, um, uh, Bev Lowry, Mark Lowry's mom, 
uh, you've heard of the comedian yes. Mark Lowry. Yes. Well, Beverly Lowry, uh, in her like late 50s, went back to school, got a degree, and became a psychology professor at Liberty. But she said to her husband, she said, I, I, I would love to finish my education and become a teacher at Liberty. And she said, but do you know how old I'll be in four years? And he goes, well, how old will you be in four years if you don't do it? <laughs> you know, in other words, look, all we have is time. So don't don't limit yourself. But I, here I was, a, you know, in my early 20s and growing in the Lord. And I thought, well, the world's in such a bad state for for just a second. I said to myself, um, I, I got to get preaching. You know, things are bad, and let's. Who has time for school? Let's hit this thing. And then I, I was thinking, no, if God is sovereign in heaven, He's got all the time in the world, and I'm going to take these four or five years. And I went to Liberty to do one degree, and ended up doing two degrees in grad school. And I would just say that you're right. A call to preach is a call to prepare, isn't it? It is. The other thing I really wanted to hit, and and again, uh, this has meant a lot to me. I don't know if you knew this or not, but how God brings on. You're talking about. We're talking about those divine appointments. What about divine connections? Mm. You know, in other words, there was a time you went to Liberty, and you being a nurse connected with. You know, Dr. Falwell. Dr. Falwell, and then uh, people getting you to focus on the family, and then that chance meeting you had with Tim Wildman and Jim Stanley at NRB. I mean, at NRB, these they're divine connections, aren't they? They are. You know, July ninth of twenty twenty one, I will begin my twelfth year of walking along with AFR, and it, it was. Um, a, a chance meeting with Jim Stanley, and then I had breakfast with Tim Wildman, which was a great honor because for many, many years I had followed the the life of Don Wildman. So I thought, and I got invited to breakfast. And, you know, by the way, it was, I was trying to get to the airport, but I thought, well, I'm going to go. I'd like to meet, <laughs> I've never met Don Wildman, but I would like to meet his son. And, you know, maybe he's a nice guy. So we went to breakfast and he just blew me away. He said, "Would you would you like to be on the radio?" And Tim does not waste time, does he? Yeah. Get, he if you want to get to the point, Tim Wildman's your man. <laughs> and, and I said, "Well, you need to because see, we've done this conference called Truth for a New Generation." And Tim, he asked me about that, and I, and I very quickly said, "Well, hey, Tim, you need to know something. I know we've done some events and all, but I don't have any money." <laughs> and so I appreciate it because I'd been approached by a number of radio networks. And generally, folks, let me just say this. Christian radio is a pay-to-play proposition. Got There's got to be some income, right? Exactly. And to do what you and I do, exploring the Word, we're live five days a week, nationally syndicated. If I wanted to go start that, literally it would cost millions. So when Tim Wildman approached me about um, a Bible teaching radio show, I said, well, um, yes, would I love to do that? Absolutely. But, brother, I, I, <laughs> you know, I barely have gas money for the car, okay? So and he, goes, he said, no, no, I don't, I'm not asking for money. We have supporters, um, but let's talk about this, and we could put you on the radio. And, you know, now hundreds of shows later, 11 years later, and you and I have our first book coming out. Um, millions are hearing the Word of God. We've had many, many people come to the Lord, some on live radio. And 
I want to say how I thank God. Obviously, the Lord Jesus provides, but the listeners, the listeners who support American Family Radio, the American Family Association, friends, you are helping people find salvation. And a hundred times I've prayed, and I'm like, Lord, I am really glad I went to that breakfast 12 <laughs> years ago. But uh, You never know. Do you? you know, Thomas missed out on the first appointment he had to be in there, you know. And those guys, they were letting him have it. I, I think they were encouraging him. But there's, I, I, knowing, knowing 11 or 12 guys, 11 guys there, they were kind of needling him. And so he wasn't going to miss the second time, was he? You know, when, when <laughs> Doubting Thomas missed an appearance of the resurrected Jesus, I, I thought to myself when I thought, if you skip church, you're going to miss things, <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, and you know, I want to say this too: how Angie and I love you and Jan, and we've just got such a great family of people. But now, knowing the Wildmans for going on 12 years, um, they are the real deal. Tim and and all of their family, and of course, and I've had the privilege a time or two of meeting Don Wildman, and I know you know him very well. Yeah. But um, isn't it a blessing to minister along people that are absolutely committed followers of Jesus? It is. And, and it shows you who God uses. Uh, for Don, it was this Methodist country preacher. We had a lot in common, both from the country, rural Mississippi. And uh, just he, he and I became fast friends early. And then the privilege of working with Tim and now, you know, the rest of the family. And, and that's the connections that God uses. And these connections are important. You met Jerry Drace, a great friend and evangelist. He and his wife, man. they've been on this program exploring missions with us as well. And through him, you were introduced to H.B. London. And if you don't know who H.B. London is, you didn't listen to Focus on the Family about 10 and 20 years ago. He was kind of Dr. Dobson's, well, he's his cousin. Yeah. And they were like brothers. And and uh, But then you got to go to Focus on the Family and be a part of that ministry. Yeah. You've worked with the, uh, the National, the, the Southern Baptist North Mission American Board. Mission yeah, Board. North American Mission Board. Yeah. You've worked at Southern Evangelical Seminary. Mm-hmm. So this is all... Has God used you? And I mean, those quite different. Think about it: an apologist, an evangelist, a radio a guy, um, a, a conference speaker, mm-hmm. an author, a seminary president. Alex, mm-hmm. I mean, which one of those was you called to do? Well, you know, I think all of them. And you know, I give God the glory. I mean, I give God the glory. John fifteen five, Jesus says, "Apart from me." You can do nothing. Uh, they say Vance Havner, who you and I love, he was a great. And folks, you ought to f- seek out his books. Uh, if you find it, buy it. Yeah, I know. You need to know about Vance Havner. And maybe let's do a show sometime and talk about Dr. Havner. The last sermon he ever preached was at a church in Greensboro called Gate City Baptist Church on Hilltop Road. I've been there many times. And he preached a message. He was quite feeble. Now, keep in mind, this is the man who led Billy Graham to become an evangelist. That was a pretty good day's work, wasn't it? But his last message, he said, look at the word Christian. Look at the last three letters, I-A-N. Take away Christ. He said, without Christ, I am nothing. That was his final word from a pulpit. And that is true. So, you know, the Lord is so good. Oh, my goodness, Bert. God has allowed me to be involved in a lot of things. I think they were all assignments from the Lord. 
but um, in talking about past uh, journeys and present plans, I don't ever want to say, please don't ever hear me say, oh, look at what Alex is doing or something. Look, I don't care that anybody knows my name, but I care that everybody knows Jesus's name. But That's true, but at the, at the same time, God calls different individuals with different gifts, different personalities to touch different people's lives. And God uses those people, and, and he's used you in that way. I really want to spend some time. I'm, I'm moving this along because I don't want to run out on truth for a new generation. We've already referred to it. I want to know a little bit how that came about. We've talked about it on the program we do, and I've never heard the story, had the idea. Truth for a new generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll do that. How did that happen, Alex? Well, I went to the Cove. There was a thing. I was still a youth pastor, but Billy Graham had a thing on evangelism. And uh, Luis Palau, do you remember him? Yes. Did he? he, he yeah, passed he away. passed away just not too long, less than a year. So Franklin Graham and Luis Palau led this evangelism conference. Billy Graham was on video because he was actually in the hospital. But he said in his final message, whenever you get home, get on your knees and say, God, what is my next assignment? Now, I was a youth pastor, and I got on my knees at my desk, and I said, Lord, what is my next assignment? And instantly in my mind, the phrase, truth for a new generation. So the first thing we did, we, we brought Coach Tom Landry to Greensboro. Do you remember it? You better believe it. He was, he was the coach of America's team, the oh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> dear, dear man. And I worked on that. I got a bunch of youth pastors. Well, we had 8,000 kids come out. And that was the first one that you yeah, did. Yeah, first thing we ever did. And <laughs> I was like, well, this, this, this wasn't too hard. I like doing events. And we have never, ever gotten that high again. Now, we've had a number with four and 5,000. Well, it wasn't you. It was Tom Landry. Come on. Uh, now. Exactly. Exactly. At that time, I mean, that was the top of the yeah. sports world. Oh, Tom my God. Landry this this was yeah. the, the early 90s. Yeah. And he was, and plus, we had this musical group, Point of Grace. Uh, and they, they were, you know, really at the top of their yeah uh, but um then we brought in josh mcdowell and uh erwin lutzer and a very young and unknown lee strobel john ankerberg norm geisler people like that and um so we started this conference and the next one by the way is going to be october 15 through 17 in myrtle beach south carolina and we're bringing in dr frank turek sandy rios ew jackson but truth for a new generation um, we've had um, anywhere from 500 people where we were in middle Tennessee to 5,000 people in places like Charlotte, or uh, we had about 3,000 people at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. We've done din- we've been all over. The, I think we've done like 47 conferences in 20-some years. But at Truth for a New Generation, the bottom line, we're, we're talking about the evidence for Christianity, the answers to the tough questions, and practical ways that you can live the gospel and share the gospel. Uh, we've had doctors come to Christ at this. We've had young people. Now, what we're going to be talking about in the fall of 2021, the truly Christian response to the woke movement. Oh, wow. We're going to be talking about uh, socialism and Marxism. Can America's descent into socialism be stopped? 
um, how, what about the moral issues of our day um, and things like critical race theory and Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQ trans movement? How can we effectively and biblically respond to that? And uh, I, I will say this, if I, I don't want to be proud, but if there's something that we've always prayerfully tried to do is have the best of the best. And we, we had numerous times, Chuck Colson, James Dobson, Johnny Erickson, and we've got Frank Turek, who is just, no kidding, one of the best communicators you'll ever he hear. Is. He is. And um, we've had Ed Vitagliano, who is just wonderful. You, you spoke at one I in did. Spartanburg for yeah. Had Tim Wildman speak before. Um, just na- Lee Strobel, goodness gracious. and uh, well, They're very effective. One I went to and what I've seen, you know, Yes, really, it speaks to kids. It's evangelism and equipping. Now, that's sometimes that's difficult to combine those two together. It's evangelism or equipping. But this one is it's double E. It is both of those. Alex, one more thing before we go that I, I want people to know that you are, you know, you are the real deal. And they can, you can come to churches when they ask you. You can come to a group of churches, an association of yeah. churches. And a lot of times, this is what I found out, one church by itself has a hard time to, the numbers are not there, the finances are not there. But some of the joy that you and I both have when churches combine their resources. Uh, I, I think God honors that because if you noticed how God loves partnerships Amen. with the right. Amen. So alexmcfarlane.com, is that right? Yeah, alexmcfarlane.com. And uh, listen, um, you and I both, we've been in some big churches and we've been in some big events. And uh, I've, uh, hey, I want to tell you something. My knees were knocking every time I've signed <laughs> the contract to rent a coliseum. But you know what? Let me say this. I've never, ever, never turned down any preaching opportunity. And if you want to do a citywide crusade or if you want to do some training where we'll tell all of your people, especially young people, about how to defend the faith, reach out to us. Uh, we'll make it happen. And uh, we need a revival. Oh, listen, we need it. Angie would say this. I'm going to say this. Look, regardless of the context, teaching, preaching, whatever, I got one string on my banjo, and that is revival in America. And uh, it can happen, and I pray to God that it will. Well, I'm going to ask you to pray. We're going to end this program today in prayer for that for that request. Would you lead us in a prayer for a revival in America? Yes. And if it happens in America, I got a feeling it would spread to the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just love you and we thank you that you love us. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus who laid down his life on the cross. And Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of, of being a part of the church. And Lord, we are concerned for our nation right now. And Lord, we know in America there have been massive times of your Holy Spirit moving and great awakenings. We need it again. So Lord, I just pray from coast to coast, every city, every community, every metropolitan area, Father God, for the glory of your name, for the furtherance of your kingdom and your purposes, and yes, for the salvation of souls, would you send a revival, use all of our lives, and Father God, cleanse us, fill us, send us, use us, and glorify your name by moving in the United States of America, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Alex, thank you for being on Exploring Missions. Thank you, brother, and thank you for your friendship on Exploring the Word. And I just want to say I love you. I love you, Alex. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And be on mission for God. You will never know how exciting it is. Thank you.